Joe Biden had a panel of transgender and LGBTQ plus social media influencers to the White House to discuss the issues of gender affirming care for children in the United States. If you think that these people are just on social media and it's nothing to worry about, please think again. These people are going all the way to the White House, to the president, in an attempt to indoctrinate and confuse our children. Hi, I'm Julie Barrett, and you're listening to the Women's Blaining Podcast. I'm also the founder of Conservative Ladies of Washington. We are an organization of like-minded ladies and gentlemen here in the state of Washington. We are working hard to advance the conservative movement by electing conservative candidates and educating and empowering Washington citizens to stand up, speak up, and take real action that can create change here in the radical left, deep blue state of Washington. It is no easy task and we need all hands on deck. I would love for you to learn more about what we're doing and join us and get involved and become a member. You can learn about our mission and our values and what we're working on by heading over to our website, conservativeladiesofwa.com. That's conservativeladiesofwa.com. And for all of you who are not in the state of Washington, we will be launching our national platform, Conservative Ladies of America, in November. So stay tuned for more details on how you can join us and get involved on a national level. And we are excited to see state chapters pop up all over the country. It's going to be an exciting movement. People are definitely getting energized and motivated to speak up. And it is definitely time. We do not have time to waste. And there is a lot of work to do. Last week, I highlighted a social media influencer named Dylan Mulvaney, and Dylan is the newest addition to the girlhood movement. Dylan is a male who enjoys dressing up as a woman. It's actually one of the most annoying things to me because I find it very insulting to myself as a woman. And, you know, I had to go to his Instagram account just because I was curious about the content that he was posting because all I had really seen up until that point were clips of him on Twitter. And so I wanted to see more of the content that he was putting out and to kind of gauge how people were responding to this. And he has a significant following on Instagram and I don't have TikTok, so I didn't go look at that, but he has a significant following on Instagram and gets a lot of support from biological women who are cheering on this man who is truly making a mockery of women. Last week, I shared one of his videos where he referred to female anatomy as a Barbie pouch, and he was making fun of tampons and the different sizes and what they're for. And remember, guys, this is a man who does not have a period. So he doesn't even need tampons and he plays with makeup and he plays dresses. And in one of the videos, he was trying on a bathing suit or actually he had shopping. He called them shopping shorts and they were these short little uh, fake leather shorts. And I don't know any woman who has a pair of shopping shorts. We don't really have shopping clothes. We just go shopping in whatever we happen to be wearing. But Dylan has shopping shorts and in his shopping shorts, you could see his junk. 
And so he was feeling uh, a little bit self-conscious because people were looking at his junk. He had on like a a little cropped girly top and he doesn't have uh, boobs or anything like that. So it's very clear that you have a man dressing up as a woman. And so he's talking about how he was going to tuck it so that it wasn't so obvious. And he wears bathing suits, uh, bikinis, things like that. And he's getting cheered on by women, which I find very disturbing how any woman can think that this is okay. I mean, it is a direct insult to us as women and to the things that we go through and the things that make us unique and special. And to see women cheering this on, it just makes me realize how far backward we have come. I mean, where are the feminists while all of this is going on? Well, Dylan was one of the social media influencers who was invited to the White House to meet with President Joe Biden. And he did some uh, videos for his social media of backstage and what he was going to wear. And he wears this outfit, uh, kind of a suit, pantsuit type of thing. And he uses the colors of the trans flag. As he sits down with Joe Biden, he asks about Biden's position on gender affirming treatments. And Joe Biden says that it is our responsibility legally and morally to provide gender affirming care for these children. And by gender affirming care, of course, they mean the puberty blocking drugs and they mean the uh, gender changing surgeries where they are physically mutilating the bodies of healthy minor children. Do you think states should have a right to ban gender affirming health care? I don't think any state or anybody should have the right to do that as a moral question and as a legal question. I just think it's wrong. You know, I think I was saying before we started that my son, my deceased son, used to be the Attorney General of the State of Delaware. He passed the most, the broadest piece of legislation that he, as Attorney General, can, uh, was able to convince the legislature and the governor to sign that dealt with uh, all gender-affirming capability. I mean, there's a lot of, you know, you sometimes they try to block you from being able to access certain medicines, being able to access certain procedures and so on. None of that should be available. I mean, uh, you know, no, no state should be able to do that in my view. So I feel very, very strongly that, uh, that you should have every single solitary right, including, including use of your gender identity bathrooms in public. As I mentioned in yesterday's episode, these kids don't have to have parental consent in most states. In the state of Texas, there is a case going on where you have a divorced parents and the father does not want the child to be able to go through this, quote, gender affirming care. But the mother does, and they have been, you've probably heard about it, I don't have the name in front of me, but the judge uh, did rule that the mother can go through with this gender-affirming care and that the father doesn't have a say, and I believe that the father no longer has visitation with the child. I believe the child is now about 11 years old. So we are talking about very young children who are being manipulated and coerced into changing their gender and actually the adult and the adults go along with them in the idea that they are somehow in the wrong body and they need to physically do something to themselves to make themselves okay in their bodies. It's just very disgusting. So, you know, if even if you are in a state, this is in Texas, guys, where this custody case has happened. 
and Texas is a red state. We know that it is primarily conservative, but that doesn't mean that your kid is going to be safe. So we really need everyone to be paying attention to what seem like silly social media influencers who are absolutely nuts. My husband is always teasing me about the fact that I watch these like, hey, turn it off. You don't have to watch that. But the problem with that is that these social media influencers are going all the way up to the White House and the White House and the people in power are using these influencers to achieve their agenda. So that is why this is so important that we don't just let it go. We don't just say it's not a big deal. And you may recall that last spring, I believe it was the end of March, the Biden administration did put out new guidelines for gender affirming care, essentially stating that children have a right to this, whatever is defined as gender affirming care, which we know is the surgeries and the puberty blockers. So this is something that is really important. This to me, I would say is one, I mean, this is really one of the top issues that we're dealing with right now because they, it's a, it's an attack on our children and it is spreading like wildfire. I did an episode recently about the percentage of increase in kids that are identifying as transgender. And it was astronomical, the jump in children who are identifying as trans from 2017 to 2019, and then another huge jump between 2019 and 2021. That is because of the influence. That is because of this agenda. And I think it's very important that we don't overlook this as something silly. These people are in the White House. They're dealing with lawmakers. And this is a big thing that's going on in every state across the country. So I encourage you, as you are filling out your ballot, whether you are Republican or Democrat, look into these candidates and see where they stand on some of these issues because you will see people on the Republican ticket who are in support of the transgender movement. They're very squishy about it and they don't really articulate exactly where they stand about it, but they'll talk about the importance of supporting the LGBTQ community. And so what does that mean when you say you support the LGBT community? These are questions that we need to ask our all of our candidates and our elected leaders. And this is something that we're going to need to follow up on. I honestly never imagined that we would be in a place in time where we are questioning what a woman is. We are teaching kids that they can pick whatever gender they want to be. I mean, it's absolutely crazy. It's mind boggling, but yet here we are. And so we can't ignore it. We have to pay attention. I'm going to put a, a link in the notes about this um, about this panel that came to the White House so you can go check it out. But there were, uh, it looked like from the pictures, it looked like there were about four or five different social media influencers. And it's been interesting to see how the Biden administration has pulled in social media influencers in a number of different ways during their administration. I mean, we saw this back with uh, when they were really pushing the COVID jabs, they were having social media influencers that were getting paid to produce content to encourage people to go get their shots. So it's easy to see how these politicians are leveraging these social media influencers to accomplish their mission. Very, very disturbing, and it's not something that we can overlook and push away. On a good note on this front, uh, Matt Walsh did a rally 
uh, in Tennessee outside of Vanderbilt. I believe it was Friday. And thousands of people, I think they said it was either three or 5,000 people showed up in support of this rally. There were several other um, activists that were speaking, but Matt Walsh did a great speech. And it's really exciting to me to see how many citizens are getting activated and getting educated about what's going on with this whole idea of gender affirming care and just how badly this is hurting our children. So it was really encouraging to see that. And I think that we are going to see more of that across the country as people are starting to wake up to what's really going on and people are deciding that they're not going to stand for it. And so I hope that is encouraging to you as well. I think we're going to see that here in Washington. I, I think that we will see more of that here as we know that the, the UW has a gender clinic and we've got Seattle Children's Hospital that has a gender clinic and I believe Mary Bridge has a gender clinic as well. So hopefully we will see more pushback on that and then we can actually get change in our legislation that will stop these people from doing this to underage children without their parents' consent. Well, even with their parents' consent, it should just be off limits to children under the age of 18 altogether. Well, Hillary is back and she is already priming the pump to let everybody know that right-wing extremists are setting out to steal the election. Hello, Indivisibles. I'm here to highlight something that (laughs) is keeping me up at night. And I know this group really understands what I'm about to say. I know we're all focused on the 2022 midterm elections and they are incredibly important. But we also have to look ahead because you know what? Our opponents certainly are. Right-wing extremists already have a plan to literally steal the next presidential election. And they're not making a secret of it. The right-wing controlled Supreme Court may be poised to rule on giving state legislatures, yes, you heard me that correctly, state legislatures the power to overturn presidential elections. Just think, if that happens, the 2024 presidential election could be decided not by the popular vote or even by the anachronistic electoral college, but by state legislatures, many of them Republican controlled. I haven't decided what bothers me more. Does it bother me more that we have Hillary and Democrats like her who are constantly spreading lies and misinformation, disinformation? I don't know what the difference is. Or is it the people that continue to buy the lies that they're being sold? Whatever happened to free thinking? And I don't just mean like the trolls on social media. I'm talking about the people that you and I know, the moderate Democrats who are only watching their mainstream media sources or they're hearing Hillary and somehow they still trust Hillary. And so they hear her and they think, oh my gosh, right-wing extremists are trying to steal the election when nothing could be farther from the truth. And it's amazing to me how we've gotten from people who want transparency in our elections to those people are now being called right-wing extremists who are stealing the election. 
And it's the Democrats who want to allow illegal immigrants to vote. It's the Democrats who have been cheating for many, many years, decades on the election. We know that as long as the Democrats are counting the ballots, we know how that's going to turn out. This has been an issue in Washington state for decades. I've said it before. I I voted for the very first time in 2004. And it was a governor's race between Dino Rossi and Christine Gregoire. Well, Dino won the first two counts of that election. And then Christine Gregoire challenged it to a third count. And, oh, wasn't it amazing? Christine Gregoire magically won that final recount and became the governor. And I was just done. I was like, what is the point in voting when they're just going to keep counting the votes until they get the result that they want. This has been going on all over the country for so long and it is disgusting. And I realize that there are many people who are like me, who are, you know, disgruntled voters who feel like their vote doesn't count. And so they just don't vote. I mean, that was me for 12 years. I did not vote again until 2016. And we know that there is election fraud. We know that. But we still have to vote. And I think it's very scary to me that the left, the radical left, Hillary Clinton and her friends are pushing out this narrative that if the Republicans win, it will be because of the right wing extremists who had the election rigged in the first place. This is a very dangerous place for us to be in our country And, you know, if a Republican or a conservative or someone on the right was putting out content like this on social media, it wouldn't even get to stay posted. So it'll be interesting to see how this will go two weeks before the election. This is no surprise. The Democrats are going to continue to ratchet up this narrative about the stolen election because of right wing extremists who cheated. That's what they're going to do. They're already priming the pump for it. So get ready. And just a note, and I think I shared this yesterday as well, but if you are in the state of Washington, please hold your ballot until November 8th and then take it to a Dropbox. You can look up the information on the Washington, I think it's votewa.gov. You can look up where your local Dropbox is on that site, but hold it till the last minute because that's the safest way to make sure your vote is counted. And you can look up to see if someone has voted for you. Yes, election fraud is real and cheating happens all over the country. And typically, it's not by the Republicans. Clearly, we have a vegetable in the White House. If we were cheating, he would not be there. I want to give you a bit of good news today. The New York State Supreme Court has reinstated all fired unvaccinated employees. They ordered back pay and they said the state violated the rights, acted arbitrarily and capricious. The um, ruling came out and said being vaccinated does not prevent an an individual from contracting or transmitting COVID-19. This is an amazing victory out of New York and very encouraging. And it makes me very hopeful for other states like Washington, California, Oregon, a lot of these blue states where employees were fired or people quit because they would have to get the mRNA injection in order to keep their job. So it looks like they're going to be getting back pay and they're getting their jobs back. So that is super encouraging. I hope that we see this kind of thing get more traction across the country. Hopefully this sets precedent for employees in other states. 
I want to take a moment to share with you some sad news uh, that's happened in Washington State yesterday. I talk about Representative Jim Walsh frequently on the podcast. He is a friend of mine. He is a friend to conservative ladies of Washington. He is an amazing patriot and he is just tireless working for Washington State and Washington State citizens. And yesterday, Jim's wife, Jamie, was killed in a tragic car accident in Aberdeen, Washington. And I would just like to ask you to please keep Jim and their five children in your prayers as well as all of the extended family and friends who are certain to be mourning this loss. It's just, I can't even wrap my mind around it. I'm still trying to process it. I did not know Jamie personally, but it's one of those things that just makes you realize how fragile life is and reminds us that that this is not our home. All of the things that we worry about and get all worked up about and have anxiety about are fleeting. They just are, you know, gone in an instant. And, you know, while her family is going to be heartbroken and devastated and just grieving this loss for so long to come, we know that she is with God and we know that God has his timing that never makes it feel better, that never takes the pain away. But we do know, and I know that that Jim uh, is a believer, and so I just pray that uh, the Lord would, would comfort them and be near to them in this time of pain and loss and as they grieve in the days and weeks to come. So I would ask you to keep Jim and his family in your prayers. And if I learn of any way that that you can help the family, I will certainly uh, be sure to let you know in an upcoming episode. All of the articles I referenced in the episode today will be in the notes, as well as all the ways that you can contact me. I would love to hear from you, and I look forward to chatting with you again next time. 